Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. 2021. Nothing personal. Word of the day is 2021, as in next year. I have no idea when next year is coming. We're in the middle of July. Maybe it'll come six months. Maybe it'll come after December. I actually have no idea. Why is 2021 my word of the day? Uh, Nothing personal, because something happened in MLB that in 18 years I'd never seen. So it was well worth mentioning. Yesterday, Major League Baseball released the 2021 schedule. Why in the world would they release the schedule a week or two after releasing 2020? If you're paying attention, you know very well that there's absolutely no chance that they did it by accident. Baseball does everything as they should with a reason. So I'm here to tell you what the reason is because they certainly aren't. So if you're a season ticket holder in 2020, You have paid a deposit. You have paid potentially 481 games. You have a choice now. Each team's given you a choice. It's quite laborious to get a refund, but you can go through about seven or eight steps, get a refund, or you can push the money on deposit into next season. If you've bought group tickets, you're bringing your clients, you're bringing your family, extended family, you're doing a reunion, and you had planned to go to a game in July, and that game is being played without fans, and you are being asked to keep your money in the account and pick another game. Well, what game are you going to pick? What day are you going to pick? Major League Baseball decided to release the 2021 schedule so team owners could keep your cash and help their cash flow. So you would roll over the money you've already paid to the teams not ask for a refund and say, whoa, the Yankees are coming to town. I'm going to roll my game into July 15th, 2021 versus the Yankees. It's a brilliant move by baseball. And you didn't even know what was happening. It's not like they needed a reveal show or anything. What they had to do was give information to the salespeople for each team. So here's how this happens. Owners would say to the commissioner, listen, We're having an issue with cash flow, so we have two choices. We can either borrow more money, which we're borrowing more anyway to cover losses, or we can use some of the money that is in our account that is really deferred revenue. What deferred revenue means is you've been paid something that you haven't actually had the expense hit your company yet which means there has been no expense for a 2021 game. You haven't paid a player. You haven't paid any of the ushers, the ticket takers, the concessionaire. You haven't paid anything to put on that game in 2021. But people have paid you money before that game has taken place. It's the same thing as 2020, as a matter of fact. People give you money in advance. That happens when you pay for anything in advance. 
you have to keep that money segregated because there'll come a time when you'll have to use that money to pay for the expenses in order to deliver what you have prepaid for. Let me give you an example. Not at baseball. When you buy an airline ticket, you buy it that day for a plane ride that is happening in a month. Do you think that American Airlines holds that money and waits until your exact flight next month and uses your $200 to help defray the fuel costs and the cost of the pilots and the flight attendants and the taking takeoff fees, the landing fees for your specific flight? No, it's like a Ponzi scheme that's legal. They use your $200 that you give them to help them pay for today's flight. And they'll worry about tomorrow's flight later. If they have to cancel, if they go bankrupt, if something bad happens, eh, they'll figure out a way to get your money back. Maybe. That's how it is when you don't pay for something, when you do pay for something that you don't receive that second. Here's an example. When you go into a store and you buy something, you're getting it right then and there. You pay the money, you get the item, boom, clean transaction. But when you're online and you pay, does your credit card get charged the minute you place the order or does it get charged the minute the order ships? I think you know the answer to that. When you're getting charged before the order ships, you're annoyed and you're not accepting of that. You only want your credit card to get charged when you know you're getting the item. So here we are in baseball when everybody's paid for all these games in 2020 that aren't going to happen. All the teams said, we don't really want to give you your money back. Can't we just roll it over to 2021? And you said, I really don't know. Who are we playing in 2021? When are we playing them in 2021? What's it going to look like in 2021? So the owner said to the commissioner, we got to answer these questions. Get me a schedule. So they went into the Dr. Seuss Starbelly Sneetches machine and they got themselves a 2021 schedule. Now the teams are hoping that you'll keep your money in your account and roll it over to a game in 21. Wear a mask, would you, so we can have baseball in 21 with fans? In other news today, the Big Ten, that's my conference. Wait, Coca, is my conference the Big Ten? Aren't the Badgers in the Big Ten? When I went there, the Badgers were in the Big Ten. I would assume they're still in the Big Ten because how could they not be? They're Wisconsin. So the Big Ten made a big announcement yesterday, and everyone breaking news. Get on Twitter. Let's talk about it. Let's cut into this program and talk about it. Let's do a bonus pod. Nah, not a bonus pod. Not necessary. The Big Ten announced. Wait for it. Three, two, one. The Big Ten announced today that they will only be playing conference games. They will not play any college football games outside of the conference. So if Michigan had been planning on playing, let's say, UCLA or USC, nope, they're not going to play that game. Or if Michigan had been playing the University of Washington, they're not going to play that game. If Wisconsin had been playing Miami, you're not going to play that game. We are only playing each other. Stay tuned, but remember, the health and safety of our student-athletes is paramount to anything else. So I laughed at that. The reason I laughed at that is that everyone is all nervous because this is the first of the Power Five conferences to make this announcement. 
they're the first conference to acknowledge what we started to talk about yesterday when the Ivy Leagues decided that they were not going to have football at all. And the question was, what are the other conferences going to do? Those conferences where money is a major deal, TV contracts, et cetera. No sooner than later that day, one of those big five conferences says, I think they're called the Power Five or the Big Five or whatever they're called. Big Ten is one of them that they're going to stick with conference games. So what does it mean? Does it mean there's going to be fewer games? Does it mean there's going to be a new schedule? Does it mean they're going to delay the college football season? Does it mean that this is just step one as we slowly rip off the Band-Aid hair by hair and this will lead to then delaying the season and then postponing the season and then canceling the season? Well, what the Big Ten will have you believe is that they did this for two very meaningful reasons. One, they want to maintain full flexibility, they said. I thought about that, and if I were the commissioner of the Big Ten, maintaining flexibility. Is it more flexible when you know you're going to play Michigan versus, so Wisconsin playing Michigan versus Wisconsin playing Miami? They'll tell you it is because you can move around conference games, and it's harder to move around non-conference games. That's a bunch of horse hockey to me. You can speak to the schools. You can communicate between conferences. The ADs can speak and say, listen, these games are up in the air. We actually don't know if we can come to you. We don't know if it makes sense to play this game on this date. Let's stay in touch. Do conferences speak to each other? Do teams within the conference only speak to each other, but not to teams outside of the conference? It would be like in baseball if I said to you with the Marlins, we're only going to talk to teams in the National League East. Maybe if we have to, we'll talk to the rest of the teams in the National League. But as far as the American League is concerned, eh, not that interested. Give me a break. Second reason given, travel. This way we can control the travel. We can lessen the travel, shorten the travel. This is the baseball rule where they're only playing AL East against NL East. The interleagues are only within geographic regions that are calling it, thinking that for whatever reason, that makes the players more safe because once you take the time to make the airplane safe and clean, if you're on it for an extra hour, that all of a sudden is going to break the bubble. That's a double horse hockey. Once you're on a plane with a flying time of an hour and a half versus two and a half versus three and a half, there is no incremental difference. These airlines all have recirculated air. They do it way better. It's new air that gets circulated. Frankly, being on the plane, you're definitely social distance because there's so few people in the traveling party and these are big planes. So it can't be the time of travel. So what's the third reason the Big Ten came up and said, This was a good one. I like this one. They said, this is a way that we can keep control over health and safety protocols. Let's take a minute. Let that marinate. What the Big Ten is saying is that we believe that we will have health and safety protocols that will take care of our student athletes better than other out-of-conference schools. They are impugning the ability of other schools to have health and safety protocols that will ensure that they are looking out for the student athlete first and foremost. Hmm. Why would they think that? Why would they think that there's a chance that there's a school that would choose money over safety? 
Hold on. Give me a minute, Coca. I'm going to really think about this. It's going to take a minute, but I'll get there. I'll get there. No, no, I don't know. I don't know why they'd think that. Hmm. What's the NCAA doing during all this? I have a story for you about the NCAA. What do they do? Coke and I were talking about the show before the show. We were about to start the show, and then there was breaking news that Buster Posey opted out of his contract. So I went on CBS Sports HQ. Buster Posey opted out. See you later. By the way, Coca pointed out correctly so. That's a wait to see that I just won when I told you a bigger name than David Price would opt out. Wait to see. And he did. It's Buster Posey. Gone. Opted out. Quick story there. He was getting paid $21.4 million. No, that would be if there were 162 games. He's actually getting paid $7.925 million. So he opted out. He's losing $7.9 million. But next year, he'll get $21.4 million again. The year after, he'll get a $3 million buyout because the Giants will certainly not pick up his team option. So his story was that he was worried about health and safety protocols. He was pretty public about that. He and Trout were pretty worried about it. Then he didn't show up to summer camp. And now we find out today he's opting out. But the reason is that he is adopting with his wife, twins, and they were born prematurely. So he therefore wants to be home. So basically, he's going to have unpaid paternity leave. That's his choice. From the Giants standpoint, they're giving him a standing ovation. They're going to release a statement which simply says, we support Buster Posey and his right to opt out. We look forward to having him back. We love you, Buster. We love you. Look at our rings. 2010, 12, 14, one, two, three rings. The Giants are plenty happy. They're going to save the $7.9 million. What's going to be very interesting to me, what happens if Buster Posey calls his union and says, you know what? I'm now high risk. I'm living in a high risk home with premature babies. Pay me my money. Give me a G. Give me an R. Give me an I E V A N C. Y, I never understood the YMCH here. Do you know that that's from the 70s and we still do it at the ballpark? And we would have people like the grounds crew or just people out there cheering between the Y and the M. It's making my blazer hurt. I think there could be a grievance. By the way, I had a moment of panic there, Coca. Is grievance G-R-I-E-V or G-R-E-I-V? I think it's G-R-I-E-V. I before E except after C. E before I. A-E-I-O-U. I'm blanking and I'm not writing it so I can't see it. Coke is not even paying attention. Yes, it's G-R-I-E-V. Thank you, Matt. That is very nice of you. So I think there may be a grievance. So what Coca wants to know is, will I ever get back to talk about the NCAA? And of course I will. He gets so angry. One of our biggest fights when we do the show is he gets bothered when I interrupt segments by something else, like I'm doing right now, but I'm doubling down. People are doubling down every day, right, Coca? I'm doubling down on this interruption. I'm interrupting my interruption, but I still know I got to get back to the NCAA because what the hell is the NCAA doing? The Big Ten Conference is coming out and saying they're not playing anything out of conference, so the NCAA does a statement. How did I do, Coca? Did I get back? I'm doing it again. Yes, I am. It's a Friday. You annoyed yet? I'm trying so hard to piss you off today that you'll stop recording. Don't stop recording. I'm just kidding. We don't stop recording. The NCAA did a statement. It's in the show today, and I'm going to read it because I've never read a statement this short, this bad. 
The NCAA released a statement talking about its membership decisions related to COVID-19. By the way, members of the NCAA, those are all the schools that we're talking about, all the colleges. Here's what they said. I swear to you, this is literally what they said. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact college sports nationally, the NCAA supports its members as they make important decisions based on their specific circumstances and in the best interest of college athletes' health and well-being. I actually just read that statement into the show. Today's nothing personal. The NCAA may be the organization that does the least, that gets the most credit. I have no idea what their function is. Where is the leadership? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Say it. I dare you. Say it. Say the NCAA is acting like the Republicans. Say that they believe in more power to the states and less federal government power. Just say it. Come on now. I dare you. What is the job of the NCAA if not to be a leader and to get some sort of uniformity within its ranks? You think it's good to have piecemeal treatment of COVID-19? How's that going in the U.S., by the way? Good? As I sit here in Florida? If there's ever a time that the NCAA is needed to actually take a stand, put on their big boy boots, pull up their bootstraps, any more metaphors? Grow a set. Instead, they're waiting. I just want to read that sentence again. The NCA supports its members as they make important decisions based on their specific circumstances. You know what their specific circumstances are? Deciding how much money they're willing to lose, how many sports they're going to have to cancel, and what's going to happen with their endowment and their budget. The same conversation I had. Where's the health of the student athlete in that statement? Oh, you're going to argue with me? There's no studio audience. You can't argue. This is not an interactive show. Okay, you're going to argue. Wilson's going to argue on your behalf. And he's going to tell. Wilson, I'll read it one more time. Yes, I will. The best interests of college athletes, health and well-being. Give me a break. The NCAA is missing the boat here. In no way should they be letting individual conferences and then individual schools make decisions. They need to step up because we're going to have different conferences living by different rules. Does that mean that the health of people in one place is more important or less important than the health of people in another place? It's all part of what's going on that's been driving me a little crazy. And it segues perfectly into another thing I want to talk about. It's sensitive, and I'm going to walk the line as I do on nothing personal. I wasn't going to talk about Julian Edelman, who is Jewish as I am, and the back and forth that he's had with Deshaun Jackson, because I talked this week on nothing personal about Deshaun Jackson and what he did when he quoted Hitler, which may or may not have been a Hitler quote, but of course, that's not the point. And since then, it's really come off the rails, so I want to revisit it. Julian Edelman reached out publicly to Deshaun Jackson and said that he believes that he would like to foment conversation with Deshaun, maybe learn from Deshaun about the life that is Deshaun Jackson, maybe teach Deshaun about the life that is Julian Edelman's, talk about the commonality of suffering between Jews and blacks, 
teach each other the history, the history of oppression, the history of racism, the history of racial cleansing, injustice. It's not a bad conversation to have. It's an important conversation to have. But isn't it interesting how it's being had these days? Has anyone taken a look at the world we're in? Every day we get a new video of a new Karen. Every day there's a new video of another racist. Every day there's another comment, post. There's another celebrity apologizing. There's another show being scrubbed because there was blackface 10 years ago or 20 years ago. There's another celebrity saying, I'm sorry for what I said, what I did. It was homophobic. It was not fair to transgenders. It wasn't thoughtful. It wasn't sensitive to black people, brown people, orange people, red people, green people, purple people. There's so much more of that going on than ever that ever happened before. It's happening in such a public way because of social media. I don't want people to mistake that for progress. Think about what we talked about earlier this week with the senator from, oh my God, Coca, it's Friday. Georgia, Loeffler, I may have the state wrong. Please forgive me, Matt, that my brain is not actually working. I believe that she is the senator from Georgia. Her name is Loeffler, and we did an entire segment about her, Kelly Loeffler, and the WNBA. And I explained and I said, which was pretty, uh, it got a little bit of attention, let me say, when I said that she has the right, R-I-G-H-T, to write, W-R-I-T-E, anything she wants. But maybe what we should be doing is educating her. And maybe she has no ability or desire to be educated or to change her mind about anything. But isn't it our duty to try to have this conversation and try to educate people to see if there's any chance that we can curtail hatred and racism and injustice and intolerance? So what Julian Edelman was trying to do was educate Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson may never have been taught about the Jewish people and their plight. Maybe Deshaun Jackson never knew about Hitler. It's not an excuse. I can't imagine it's possible. But let's just say that in Deshaun Jackson's education, he wasn't there that day, that week, that month. Maybe he didn't realize or it wasn't taught to him the sensitive nature of invoking the name Hitler. Why can't we assume that to be the case? Instead of having the mob mentality to go after people who think differently than we do, and say to them that you, by definition, are a bad person. Let's give them a try. I want to credit Edelman for doing it. He's giving Jackson a try. What Jackson does with it, that remains to be seen. Now, don't buy in to the meetings he's having with the rabbis and all of the, what's the word, Coca? It's... uh. Preskvu, it's uh, Preskvu, by the way, thank you to a, a loyal listener, Dylan Berger, who said that instead of saying tip of my tongue, I could use a French expression, which is Preskvu, which is almost seen. I can almost see it. 
by the way, there's no chance of landing this plane. I have no idea who I was talking about, except to tell you that maybe there's an opportunity with Deshaun Jackson that when he meets with the rabbi, that he will start that process of education. But do I think for a minute that he wanted to meet with the rabbi? It reminded me of the story when Ozzie Guillen talked about Fidel Castro and he showed love for Fidel Castro. Do you know what we had him do the next day? We had him meet with a group of Cuban exiles, a group called the White Nuns. I think they're called the White Nuns. How insensitive that I don't remember exactly, Coke. I think that's the group. If Alfie Mace, if you're listening out there, just know that I'm sorry. The point is we had a agenda for Ozzy and it was the attempt to do the impossible, which was to stop him from being fired. But we knew we were going to fire him the minute he said it because we had no choice. And it goes against, as I think back to 2012 on the franchise, it goes against what I'm saying now. And I have changed in that now maybe I would have said to Ozzy to instead of taking him on the apology tour, maybe I would have tried to just educate him more. And I know he sat through these meetings and he wasn't necessarily interested in being educated. And he said that he knew the error of his ways. But maybe it's what he actually felt. And maybe taking the time to have educated him about Castro and the atrocities and the fact that he is a human piece of of disgusting crap who cared about nothing but himself and his money and his power and his control. Maybe that would have helped him understand that he wasn't such a great man after all. And then with the education, if you still believe those horrific racist things, then we got to move on to the next person. But what if every person has that opportunity? Edelman is giving to Sean Jackson that opportunity. I hope he takes it. And it's not going to be from the rabbi meetings. It's not going to be from a conversation with Julian Edelman, who offered to do a trip to the Holocaust Museum and then a trip, a trip to a, the Black Museum. That's not what's going to do it. That's going to start the process. This process will have to continue, and you have to start when people are young. It has to happen in school. You know, Jeffrey Lurie, not Jeffrey Loria, the owner of the Marlins. There's a man named Jeffrey Lurie, L-U-R-I-E, who owns the Philadelphia Eagles. The same team that Deshaun Jackson plays for. Jeffrey Lurie announced yesterday that his production company, it's called the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, by the way, is what the name of the museum is. Thank you, Coca. And there, there's another name for the Holocaust Museum. It's the, it may be the Holocaust Memorial Museum. Um, I, I, but either way, when you're in D.C., if these museums ever open up, there are ways. One of the things that I did when I was with the team in D.C., I would try to go to a monument or a museum each time I was there. I never made it to the museum, which is now closed, and I'm sad about that. I've and I the United it's called the thank you it's the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. So I don't have the official names of any of the museums. I actually don't even know the official name of the Smithsonian Museum. But the fact of the matter is, in D.C., there are phenomenal opportunities to educate yourself. Often I choose art museums over historical museums, and that's probably a mistake and one that I will try to do better as I move forward. So Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, announced yesterday, this is not a coincidence, by the way, he announced yesterday that he is releasing a movie through his production company called The Meaning of Hitler. So if you don't know anything about it, you'd say The Meaning of Hitler. What, what does that mean? There's no, there's no meaning of Hitler. It's 
He's a bastard. He's a, he can't be dead enough. So Jeffrey Luria and his production company, they made a movie. I think it's actually with his ex-wife, believe it or not. This is a movie that explains what Hitler did. It explains fascism. It talks about what is important to never forget about Hitler. And it's no coincidence that he's releasing it now because it's an invitation to Deshaun Jackson and all of the millions of others like him who may not understand Hitler, who may have predilections to racism against Jewish people based on either ignorance or worse, some sort of level of intolerance. So Jeffrey Lurie is releasing this and it is exactly in line with what I'm trying to say, which is it takes movies, documentaries, conversations, museum visits. It takes speaking up, not the mob mentality, speaking up, speaking out. It takes calm paragraphs, three sentences to make a paragraph, paragraphs to make a statement, statement to help people understand so they can make an educated decision. Now, what do you do in this new woke world that we're in when all of these good things are trying to happen and there's still people who continue to be members of the KKK? There's still people who are Karens. There's still people who believe that all Jews are bad. What do we do about those people? So as the, you hit the weekend, I'd like you to think about this. When you are in business, let's say your own business, does there come a time when you say, enough, this business isn't going to work. I have to stop. When you're running a baseball team, does there come a time if you're a good president or GM, when you look at your players and you say, it's enough. These players aren't good enough. They are not going to make the playoffs. The best presidents and GMs, the best business owners know when to make that decision. They don't make it too early. They don't make it too late. They do it Goldilocks, just right. I think it's the same thing in this situation. I think that we have to make judgments about people when it's just right to say, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about you. I'm not going to waste another minute trying to convert you. I'm going to move on to someone else. And I'm going to try to make sure that the next person pays attention to me and not to you. Let's see where Deshaun Jackson is on that spectrum. I am hopeful and I believe that with education, he will realize and will never quote Hitler again. Coming up after the break, what happened to Will Ferrell? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. Will Ferrell is one of my favorites. 
from Saturday Night Live to Wedding Crashers. I love him when he's serious, like Stranger Than Fiction or Everything Must Go. I love him when he's goofy. I love his movies. I was so excited when I found out that he had a new movie coming out on Netflix called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Is it The Story of Fire Saga? The Story of Fire Saga, Eurovision Song Contest. I knew nothing about it. How much do you know about this movie? Do you know there's such thing as the Eurovision Song Contest? Do you know that Will Ferrell in researching this movie actually went to the Eurovision Song Contest? Do you know this movie is about Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, his sister, really? Not really his sister. Is it his sister? Because if so, then that's a family that, I don't know, Coca, Coca, I'm not going to make the West Virginia joke. I'm not going to do it. It's like low-hanging fruit. It's Friday. Not doing it. (laughs) This movie is about a brother and sister from Iceland who are simply the worst singers of all time then become decent singers. She's got a beautiful voice, Rachel McAdams. Will Ferrell's got a voice that is not beautiful. Together, they are not good. They always have something that happens to them as they try to win a contest in Iceland to represent their country in the Eurovision Song Contest. They enter, they come in 50th place, and wouldn't you know it, numbers one through 49 somehow can't go to the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't want to give it away. Spoiler alert, what would cause numbers one through 49 to not be able to go to a contest? Think about it. Tell me, what would cause that? It's ridiculous. Do you know that one of the songs they recorded is like on the charts right now? Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams? It's almost impossible for me to believe. Let me just say, Coca's giving me a little nugget here. Thank you, Coca. Iceland's never won Eurovision. Where was that pre-show? Now you're giving it to me? I'll tell you why. Because during the show, he's totally ignoring what I'm saying. And he's on the inter-Google and he's Googling Eurovision Song Contest. Yes, Iceland's never won. Check out the movie. It's bad. It's bad. But we owe it to Will Ferrell. It's hard, right? I was talking to someone else about this. When you are young... This actually came up talking about Johnny Depp and what's going on with his lawsuit. Have you paid attention to Johnny Depp's lawsuit that is happening? He and Amber Heard, his ex-wife, are suing each other, and it's in a court in England, and it's an absolute nightmare. And it's, it's, it's just a horrible way to go through life. And Johnny Depp was really cool when he was young. So Coca's telling me he's suing a paper over libel, I understand, but he and Amber Heard have major back and forth regarding spousal abuse and drug use and all that's coming out now in this lawsuit. And I thought about when looking at Johnny Depp that when he was in the movie Blow, when he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, when he was in Benny and June, when he was in 21 Jump Street, I mean, this guy put the CO in cool. And as he's gotten older, he's tried to sort of maintain that coolness. And it's hard. At some point, and I'm not there yet, but I can see it from there. At some point, cool becomes creepy. I'm not there. Keep that in mind. I can just see it from here. So Johnny Depp is now approaching the creepy stage. And I was thinking that sort of happens with Will Ferrell when it comes to comedy. Like the slapstick comedy and the sort of zany exploits when you're 30 
or 25 and crashing funerals and weddings. When you're in your 50s, it's beginning to approach the possibility that it may not work. I'm not saying it won't work. I'm not saying it shouldn't work. And I'm definitely not saying it couldn't work. What I am saying is, in this movie, it didn't work. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Pass. So you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is when you follow me on Twitter at David P. Samson. Thank you. Go into my DMs, ask a question, any question. I'll try to get to it. This was a question that was asked, and here it goes. Hi, David. That's how any good question starts. Hope you're keeping well. Really enjoy the show and your spots on 590 in Toronto. By the way, nothing personal is getting big in Canada. We're on with whether it's Jeff Blair, Stephen Brunt, Richard Deutsch, Matthew. Cause has his own show. Love Canada. Great point about the Blue Jays needing an all or nothing answer from the government. Also, I'm a Canadian, yada, yada. Okay. Related to that, so it doesn't matter what that is. That's an angry modifier by me. Here's the question. I have a question regarding the yet-to-be-approved takeover by the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund of our beloved United. I assume he's talking about Manchester United. As I know you have intimate experience selling a team, what would you do if a questionable buyer emerged? Could you do anything? Or would the only option be resigning your position? Great question. Let me tell you right now. Number one. I, it's Newcastle United, not Manchester United. Thank you, Coca. Again, pre-show would have been a better time to mention that in that question, it was Newcastle United. Oh, it's actually in the question. Sorry, Matt. Matt is yelling in my ear, and he's pissed today. I'm calling him out a lot, and he's pissed, and I don't blame him. Okay. Number one, don't resign your position if you have a guaranteed contract. Let's start there. When I was told by Jeffrey Laurie to sell the team, my job was to get the biggest price and to find as many buyers as possible. When I was the president of the team and I was trying to sell naming rights, my job was to get somebody to pay me money. We were talking about doing a deal with Emirates Airways, the Qataris. Would that be a mistake? Would it be bad to take their money? There was a time when I was talking about selling the foul poles to a strip club. Would I have taken tobacco signage when it was still allowed? Casino signage? The answer is yes. My job is to make as much money as possible. The question is, is there a point where even I would say, no mas, it's too much? Well, it's not a German company. Mercedes wants to advertise, I'm in like Flynn. What if it were the KKK? No. I, that's where I would draw the line. So now I'm going to be told in my ear that in Saudi Arabia, they do not believe what I do or what many do about women, about homosexuality, about human rights in general. By taking money from the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, am I not, am I not, by definition, saying that I am aligned with them? So here's where I'm going to draw a distinction that is completely within my self-interest. 
and it has more holes in it than the COVID bubble in Orlando. My position is that if I'm selling a team, my job is to get 23 votes of the 30 owners. And if I can get 23 votes for someone to buy the team and they're going to pay the highest price, I'm a go. Let someone else vote. No, not me. If I'm working for an owner who has to write checks because I'm running a team that's losing money and I have a chance to get $10 million a year in naming rights from a company and an airline that is representing a country and a government that I don't believe in, I'm going to be okay with it. But I'm going to make it be known as I would when I met people from Qatar when they came and they toured Marlins Park as they were preparing for their World Cup. Before I would do business, I would let it be known, here's how it's going to work. I will absolutely take your money, but let's be clear that I will not be associated with your brand of politics. There will be a differentiating factor that we did a deal with an airline. We are not going to in any way agree, and we're not going to be silent about it either when asked. We're not going to make a direct statement, but when asked, does this mean that you support the view of the Saudis or Qataris on human rights, my answer will be no. If you are uncomfortable with that, pull your sponsorship deal. If you make people understand why you're doing a deal and what the rules of engagement are, I am fine. And if you want to draw the line at the KKK or you don't want to draw the line at the KKK and there's no rules saying that you can't have them advertise, That is your business, and then I have the right to either give you business or not. Much like Newcastle now, you have the right to not be a fan of Newcastle, to not buy their jerseys, not buy their merchandise, not go to a game because they are being funded by the Saudis. And the way it will work is if there are enough of you and it actually makes a material financial difference, here's a surprise. There'll be a change. The reality is there won't be. There's plenty of people who eat at Chick-fil-A who don't believe in the things that the owner of Chick-fil-A believes in. There's plenty of people who eat at Little Caesars, Domino's, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, In-N-Out Burger, American Airlines, United Airlines, the Marlins, the Rockies. Do you know the belief system of the team that you root for? Are you sure? Do you know the belief system of the owner? Do you know exactly what the owner of the Rockies feels? Do you know what the owner of the New Orleans Saints feels, even though we talk about it on the show? Are you sure? There is an inflection point that we talk about a nothing personal after which changes are made at the top levels, but only as it relates to loss of revenue. So your question What would I do if a questionable buyer emerged? There's no questionable buyer who gets 23 votes. Then he's not questionable. Ask the Mets in their attempt to get more than $2 billion from Steve Cohn. Some people think he's questionable. If you get 23 votes, guess what? He's not questionable. I'm not resigning. Anyway, that's the answer of So You Want to Talk to Samson. I appreciate your question. And if you want to watch Newcastle United, You can tune into CBS. This is the commercial part of my show, even though it's not a real commercial. Wait, I'm incorrect. Coca, you make me laugh. Coca, you do make me laugh. 
you could only watch Newcastle if they act, ever actually made the Champions League. That is true. Because CBS has just picked up the Champions League. Turner got rid of it. They didn't want to carry it. CBS was due to start in two years. Now, if you want Champions League or Europa League, you can watch on CBS. This has been an unpaid advertisement for CBS now streaming and showing Champions League and Europa League. Way to go. ML Beer Challenge Day 17. Yes, it is. Still growing. I got to say happy birthday to two people today. You know, we did a wait to see already. Wait to see is when we do what we're going to say we're going to do. We're going to give you a wait to see. Neither happens or it doesn't. When it happens, we tell you. When it doesn't, we tell you. It didn't. But the wait to see today is about birthdays. Two people in baseball have a birthday today. One is in the Hall of Fame. One is not. Both are very good men. Let's start with Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson, happy birthday. I was honored to watch games with you from 2002 to 2017. 16 seasons, we sat and watched home games together. I watched you get grumpy when the Marlins played poorly. I watched you celebrate a World Series win. I got to know you and your family in a way that I never dreamt as a kid watching you play that I would ever get to know you. You have been, have always will be, will be a Hall of Famer. You finally got in in 2010. You've been in there for 10 years, Andre. Greatest trip of my life was that induction. Happy birthday. Love to your family. Second birthday. Who's heard of Lee Stevens? Yes, we traded for him, signed him to a free agent contract. He played for the Expos. We then traded him. Lee Stevens is the man who on 9-11 was in Chicago. I was in Milwaukee. He was playing for the Expos. I was running the Expos. We drove back to Montreal. I picked him up in a rental car. I was in Milwaukee. I drove, picked him up in Chicago at a rest stop. And we drove stopping at airports thinking we could get on a plane. And we had a road trip, the likes of which I've never had since and I'll never have again. He and I speak every 9-11, telling each other that we love each other and that we're thinking about each other. Lee Stevens, a great player, a better man. Happy birthday to you, Lee. Do you see how it goes on this show at Nothing Personal? Sometimes I can be personal. Sometimes I can. But most of the time, it's just business. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.